Welcome to Talking Mom to Mom. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. My name is Lindsay and my co-host, whom you will meet shortly, is Rochelle. We are two moms on the opposite side of the same coin. Between the two of us, we have children at every age and stage and hope to inspire those homeschool moms who need to pick me up in their busy schedule, busy just like us. We have come to realize that the best way to approach this sanctifying work of motherhood is with a good dose of humor and humility. Thank you for joining us today. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to Talking Mom to Mom. We are talking about habit training today. This is a a subject that's near and dear to my heart, having young ones. This is something that I I feel like I've been doing for a decade, and it's because I have. (laughs) And it doesn't end, does it, Rochelle? It does not. I have the habit of forgetting to habit train. That's my habit. (laughs) But <laughs> well, we're habit training ourselves too, not just the kids. <laughs> that you know, that is actually an excellent point. It is excellent. I think that's why habit training is often something that is intimidating because yes, we feel we're not like oh, we know we know our own faults. We know we we kind of mess up, and we're like, how are we going to be able to train these children? You know, when we can't, there's things that we're not we're not doing properly. You know. So, I mean, that's what we do. We have to habit train ourselves. But like it or not, we're habit training no matter what we're doing. It's, it's by well, you either habit train purposefully or by default. So I found a laundry list long of habits that Charlotte Mason uh, promoted <laughs> that we were that yes. supposed to be instilling in the child. And it, is, yes. it was four pages long. But it's from uh, Sonia Schaefer's uh, book, Laying Down the Rails, which I think would be a great read. I was looking at that. But uh, we'll have that in the show notes for our listeners. It it is a long list and where it, you know, would be intimidating (laughs) to read through those four. Because as I was was looking through it, I was thinking, I don't do this and I don't do this. And this is somewhere where I can improve. I'm like, I would take me a lifetime to get through four pages for myself. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to teach them. <laughs> so that's but, how it feels at first. <laughs> well, I was thinking, though, if you don't make the standard high, then what are you working towards? I mean, we're, we are all saved by grace, and so we are not perfect <laughs> in anything. And we you know, if we set the bar high, then we're always looking to achieve. We know that we've never mastered anything <laughs> and that's okay that's something that you know sanctification right, right. yeah <laughs> um, i have a tra- that is just i tell you that is something that through the years is it i don't know if that, i can't say that it gets easier some things do get easier so if you're starting out and you're starting out with small children it does get easier because you will see the fruit of it if you're consistent yes absolutely and it, the, and the first habit you should always start with is obedience before anything else. Before your child knows how to read, before your child knows how to add two plus two, before anything else happens, if it means that you take six months off of school, you have got to instill obedience. Otherwise, you are in for a very rocky road. That is, if you do nothing else, 
instill obedience in your children. <laughs> that well, is the number I, one habit. <laughs> I agree. And I wanted to share a few quotes that I found of Charlotte Mason's that I really, it, it will shed light on what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, these are all from volume one. And the first one is, the habits of the child produce the character of the man. The second one is, every day, every hour, the parents are either passively or actively forming those habits in their children upon which, more than upon anything else, future character and conduct depend. And that's something we talk about all the time, is that if you're a parent, you are going to be, you're you're teaching character whether you purposefully do it or not. <laughs> Just the right, act of being right. a parent <laughs> is teaching character. So like she said, whether it's passively or actively, you are forming habits in your children. And I think we just want to be more purposeful in how we do that is the point. Uh, the third quote is, the mother who takes pains to endow her children with good habits secures for herself smooth and easy days. Doesn't that sound lovely? <laughs> you know, that <laughs> easy day. so true. It is so true. It is worth your time and investment to to do so. Not, not Children will never be perfect because no one's ever going to be perfect. Not all your days are going to be smooth and easy, but I can tell you from experience, once I started habit training, I had far more smooth and easy days than when I was not purposefully doing it. Yes, and, and we, I, mean, I found the same thing in my home. It's, it does, the work put into it is so worth it because it in the end, it's less burden on you. It's just the work getting there. <laughs> research it is. Shows, yes. Research, research shows that it takes 21 days for a habit to be formed, 21 days. And, you know, I get frustrated when I told my child yesterday how to properly clean a room and she doesn't do it. And even though I told her, I didn't necessarily show her, and I get frustrated. And that's without realizing 21 days of, you know, instilling those habits. So maybe for 21 days I should be going in there and properly showing her how to actually put things up without just, you know, telling her and walking out and expecting it to happen overnight. Right. Yeah, things are overwhelming for kids. You know, I, I used to send my son to his room, to or to, yeah, to say clean your room. And when he was smaller, he was probably about, I don't know, five, seven years, somewhere around those earlier ages. And I'd find him cleaning, you know, playing, sitting on the floor playing, because as he was cleaning, he'd find toys that were new to him, you know, that he hadn't seen because they were under his bed. And it was just an overwhelming thing. He didn't know where to begin. He didn't know what to do. And then I found that it was best. What I did was I removed almost everything from his room. And and it wasn't necessarily a punishment. It wasn't like I'm going to take everything, put it in a garbage bag, and throw it all away. It wasn't really like that. It was he's not able to learn anything from this. He's not doing, I can't, it was really hard for me to habit train him to keep an entire room clean because he was so young. I had to start out with simple things. Every day, make bed. Every day, put your shoes here. Every, you know, do this. Small things. And I took out a lot of the extra stuff that, and he really didn't miss it either. And then as he, you know, was learning, we put some more things back in or, so it was, I mean, he wasn't, without all his toys, but all the extra toys that you find under the bed that he doesn't know it's there or whatever. I just, too much junk around, decluttered it basically, but made sure that we were taking one step at a time. Like every day, make your bed. If I can get you to do that every day for the next 21 days to make your bed, then before you come downstairs, well, then that's really all we have to really worry about because it's almost like, what's your priority? 
My priority right now is I'm training that kid to make his bed. That's it. He may not put his shoes away where I want him. He may not do some other things, but he's making that bed. So that's what he would have to do every day. And then if he'd come downstairs and I would notice it wasn't made, I would say, what didn't you do? And because here's the thing, if you ask your kid, you didn't make your bed. If you say, did you make your bed? But you didn't make your bed. You didn't go back and you didn't make your bed. You forgot to make your bed. And you're like, why do I have to tell you this every day? Why do I have to say this every day, every day? I'm saying the same thing over and over and over again. Well, you're going to say the same thing over and over again because they don't need to remember. They don't need to get in the habit because you're reminding them. It has to come to them. They have, you have to be able to say, what did you forget? Go upstairs and tell me what you forgot to do. And oh, forgot to make my bed. Okay, run upstairs, make you know, goes upstairs, makes his bed. And eventually you get to the point where you don't have to do that and it's a habit. And then after that, we take on something else. And I'm you know, habits. There's also character habits as well. Yes. But, uh, moral habits, uh, social propriety habits, lots of different habits. <laughs> um, one thing that that made me think about, though, is the fact that part of parenting is knowing your child well enough to be able to determine what is a sin issue in their heart versus what is just a natural, this is a kid thing, you know? And right. being able to help them, for both, you know, in both situations to be able to overcome that. And one thing I was thinking of was, you know, our children are not born blank slates. Uh, we look at Psalm 51.5, uh, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. And as parents, we are commanded to train our children. Deuteronomy 6.6-9 6 says, In these words that I have commanded to you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. And then Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. This habit training stuff is serious, and we have to take it serious as a very um, integral part of our parenting this isn't just a homeschool subject. This is something that we literally do all day long. I, I've even heard of homeschool parents taught you were talking about cleaning rooms. Uh, homeschool parents that take habit training seriously, just taking a month off from school with their, you know, kindergartner and just working on how to make the bed properly right. and how to clean up the floor because it is the same. I, you know, I was actually thinking while you were saying that, man, I have a hard time making the bed and getting my room clean daily. And it, it is true that this is something that I don't want my child to have as part of the time as I do, you know, because I would like to instill these habits early. And uh, whether that be, we were talking about, there's so many different ways. So we have, you know, cleaning the house. We have the social habits of how, you know, you speak. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Um, all of those different types of habits we want to instill in our child, all the way to sitting still during church. Um, that's something that we have spent many, many years working with our children on. We we prefer not to send our children to nursery, but we have also worked very diligently to teach them how to sit still in church. But it's always the same. I, I personally think in 
the in habit training, it tends to be the same method how you kind of approach it, don't you think? In in the way that you're consistent, you make your you make what you want, uh, what your expectations are known to your children beforehand. Um, right. No matter what it is, and you're consistent in that, and you also have to share with them what the consequences are. And I think you know reminders are important. Like you said, you have to you you start out reminding them, but hope the point of it is that they adopt that as a habit and they know it in the end. Where you can say, "What did you forget?" <laughs> and then right. they know. Ha- yeah, habit training is not a difficult thing. It's just it, the process. Is not difficult. Time consuming. But yeah. doing it is difficult. You know, it's kind of like, okay, the, the explaining how to do it sounds really easy, but you have that, that consistency with it. You know, parenting, you know, they say we're supposed to mortify the flesh, we're supposed to die to ourselves daily. And as parents, that's kind of what we have to do. We have to die to ourselves daily because what would I want to do? Well, I would want to, you know, I'd like to just have coffee in the morning, skip breakfast, not start school till one o'clock. I'd like to, I mean, what is it that you'd like to do? How would you like to run your day that would just be ideal or dreamy? Like, oh, I just love to do nothing or I'd love to do a lot of stuff, but it, they wouldn't be anything productive. And, but we don't do that, right? Because we're parents. There's things we don't do because we are parents. Well, part of that dying to ourselves is we have to be those examples. And so even when, Maybe we fell into some bad habits and we don't make our bed every day. And I personally don't necessarily think making your bed every day is the end-all, be-all. They're right. Yeah. You know, I don't think so, but I did see a video. I'm sure many of you have seen it on Facebook that went around about a Marine, I think it was, a man in the, one of the armed forces talking about how making your bed every day was very important. He thought it was very important because it set you up for the day and you accomplished one thing, at least you accomplished one thing that day. And, and that was his his thing on it. And, you know, and that's fine. It's, I don't necessarily know that I really think that much about it, but, <laughs> but the thing is, is that when we talk about habit training, there are things that we may not necessarily want to do. I don't like breakfast. I'm a, I just don't. I hate it. I don't eat breakfast. I don't really like it. But you can't, as a parent, I have to provide breakfast. I have to provide lunch. I have to provide dinner. And so for me to get up early in the morning, well, early is not a problem. I'm kind of an early riser, but, for me to be able to make breakfast for my kids is a big deal because I'm not a breakfast person at all. In fact, I hate eggs and they make, they make me itch. So I think I've developed an allergy to them anyway, which <laughs> makes sense because I hate them so much. But, <laughs> and so it's almost like, you know, it's just that dying to self, you know, because you have to be a certain person to be able to raise these children and you can do it. It sounds impossible, but God gave you those children. He will equip you to raise them. If, but you have to die to yourself and trust in him because you will be able to do it. And I also I was thinking about something that um, ha- how habits are formed. Sometimes we think of habits very within the school bound, like the school hours, within the confines of the school hour, you know, that kind of thing, whereas, you know, obedience and I tell you to do this and you're going to get it done, you know, that kind of thing, or or putting your shoes away. So it's not necessarily school hours, but you know what I mean. But Sometimes when the day is over and everybody goes to relax or everybody goes to do their own thing, I, I've noticed in my house because I do a lot of work, my work after school is over, and I prefer to do my work in my office slash bedroom or bedroom slash office, depending on the day it is, time of day, 
and I often close my door, but I close my door, not they know they can come in, but because my dog will totally, like, she's just impossible. So <laughs> often I'll close my door and I'll do work. And it's the time that they have that they can do their own thing. They can do an art project. They can, if they've earned enough whatever time, they can sit and watch um, something in particular that we allow them to watch. They can read. They can, um, the older ones can go outside if they want. My son can go to the Y and go work out. But um, what I noticed is that my husband would come home, and I didn't notice this. I shouldn't say that. It was what he saw. He He said, every time I come home, I walk upstairs. There's three bedrooms up here. All three doors are closed, and all of you are inside your room individually. Like this is an apartment complex. <laughs> wow. Because what I did was not even thinking about it. I got in the habit of, okay, this is when I do my work. These are my office hours. But they saw me pretty much confining myself to my room to do it because I kind of like, I do. I mean, talk about dying to yourself. I really prefer to do my work in my room with my door closed. But now we were all doing that. And it was just a little weird. I don't think it's important. They followed your example. But they followed my example. And that's what they did. And it was it seems a lot. And I was like, oh, that seems weird. And if I'm downstairs, even my son, who prefers to be away from everybody, he comes downstairs. And we have conversations, and I still get stuff done. And I'm not saying that there isn't a time for you to be alone in your room. I'm not saying to feel bad about it. And I'm not saying there isn't a time that they want to be alone in the room, and there's something wrong with it. It was just really just an example of how we don't realize the habits that we are instilling in them, good or bad or indifferent. We don't realize the way they're following in our footsteps sometimes until either it's been pointed out by someone else. And so that's what I mean. You're going you're gonna to teach them passively or aggressively, like Charlotte Mason said, it's either purposefully or by default. I right. don't necessarily think that having everybody in their own bedrooms doing their own thing because they weren't doing anything wrong or illicit, I don't necessarily think doing that is a problem for a couple hours, but – I can see how, you know, well, maybe that's something I want to do every day. You know, maybe that's not something, maybe I want to think about a little bit more how I'm doing things, you know. Or when I wake up in the morning, I used to work in the morning before, like, I gave them a certain amount of time to get ready for school, and then I would work up until that time. And I've noticed that they got into the habit because they knew I was in my room working until school was starting, and I'd look, and they were just in their rooms either reading or you know, just kind of sitting in their bed thinking, okay, we're not going to start for a little bit. They had things, especially if things were done the night before, because I try to get everything done the night before so we can wake up to a clean environment. Because if I wake up to a mess, I will go totally bonkers. So <laughs> I, won't, I won't be able to concentrate. So I've noticed that it's almost like, oh, to me, I was doing something. But they kind of followed my lead, and I was like, am I developing? And then I see for you it might be different. But I realized that I was almost developing this habit in them that they'd wake up and lounge. I mean, I was working. I was being productive. So for me, saying, you know, if they get up at 8 and I'm going to work till 9, okay, from 8 until 9, my kids were just lounging. They weren't doing anything. Right, that makes There's sense. Stuff, you know? Yeah. So here I was thinking, okay, I'm productive. Okay, you guys do this. Take care of your chores. Well, if they got up a little early, they got weather. It took them five minutes to get things ready, and then they just sit around for the rest of the time, and they weren't being productive with it. It was doing whatever. It wasn't like productive stuff. I thought, okay. So sometimes well, 
we are creating habits and we're not realizing that how they're seeing it or, you know, so I change things up a little bit because I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't think that's what I like. I don't, I want them to be able to wake up and get a good start and good handle on the day, not just sit around and, you know, right. we'll start at nine o'clock. <laughs> sometimes we're missing opportunities to form habits. I am actually really bad with this, but my my kids love to cook with me. I mean, what kids don't? But because I have so many littles and they're all clamoring to help, <laughs> and we have a smaller kitchen, it's actually often, and I'm always, I, I do have a tendency to be a little late on the ball to get dinner ready at night just because of the day and lots of kids. And so I have a tendency, you know, to just, they'll, they'll ask to help, help and I'll be like, well, you know, I, I'm running late, so we've got to, we've got to get this done. Why don't you just go in the other room and play, you know, while I get done versus understanding that I really should just slow down. And even if it takes longer and we eat later than I prefer to, it is important for them to take those opportunities like that to allow them to help because what, what all are we teaching them? Cooking teaches lots of, you know, math skills, but also habit training skills of, you know, for my girls that they may grow up and have um, families of their own. They need to learn how to cook. They need to have an appreciation for healthy food and what that looks like and what kind of work it takes, you know, to be able to cut up their vegetables. And, it, and they even can take pride in that. A lot of times kids who don't like vegetables are more apt to eat their vegetables if they are the ones that are picking them in the garden and coming in and cutting them and preparing them because that makes them excited about their dinner. And so right. and you know, it goes beyond that too, really, because I do the same thing you do. I, I wait till the last minute. I'm busy. And I, sometimes I cook really fast meals and I try to get it done quickly. And I have my eight-year-old look some some in the kitchen, and she'll say, "Is there anything I can do to help?" And there are times that there isn't. There honestly is not. I'm I'm pretty much like done. And often I'm like, "No, no, I've got it. I've got it." Okay. For a long time, she was the only one that would ask, because for a long time, longer than I realized. And this is another thing: you're not going to, you're not going to get it until almost too late, <laughs> because you won't realize how often you do it. And that's the thing is, like, you might think, okay, I'm busy today. I'm doing it quickly today. Maybe I'll let them help tomorrow. Well, tomorrow comes, oh, maybe the next day, maybe the next day. Right. Pretty soon years have gone by. And she's the only one that asks because she's the one that has yet to have been habit trained into mom does not need your help. So why bother asking? And what that does is then they don't offer help. And what learned is it's beyond you. They don't think to help anybody. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's so mind. true. That's such a deeper meaning that it is important that we teach our children that they should be helpful and generous with their time towards others. No, that's right. a great point to make. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, if they ask, I don't care what it is, have them do something. You know, if they're like, can I help you with something? Let's help. And if they don't want it, like, and you'll get that from kids. Wow, that's not how I wanted to help. And I'm like, help is when you do something to help. Help is not doing something you want to do. <laughs> And so, and then make them do it anyway. They'll say, oh, they didn't want to help that way. I'm going to let it go because it's better for me anyway. No, they wanted to help. They're going to help. And then when they do it, show them how to do it and then tell them what a great job they did. Or if they didn't do a great job, I mean, you don't want to praise them if they haven't done a great job. But you praise them, you know, realistically. Like, you know what? I'm so glad you asked. Great effort. I'm glad you were willing to be helpful. But next time, I think it would be better if you did it this way. You know, always try to be encouraging so they'll continue to come back and ask. Right. And so you – and if they're not asking, 
go to them and ask, you know what, I could use your help. And you'd be surprised. Even they're going, even if they're going to give you attitude, because as they get like in middle school, they don't know any better, but to give, even if they're not like demonstrative about their attitude, it's all there. Anybody who has a kid in 11, between 11 and 13, they know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> but they will be, they will feel so valued because you asked for their help. And, but you have to ask for it the right way. It's not, can you just go do this? Because they know the difference between you telling them to do it because you don't want to. Because <laughs> it's something you don't want to do, so you're just going to tell them right. to do it. I'm going to use the power of parenting, <laughs> and I'm going to make my kids do what I don't want to do. And the the difference between that and how they were actually a valued helper. And it, it will exactly. help them have more, more cohesive in the family. They're going to feel like a family because they're doing it together. And I often, there are just times, because I guess I'm just too independent, that I forget those things. I, mean, I was just telling my dad that I was going to hire someone to clean out my basement. And I was going to hire someone that my daughter knows because he's come home for summer from college break and I, he knows how to paint and he knows how to do certain things. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to hire him to do it. And my dad said, what about that big, strong boy that you have living in your house? Meaning my son. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't think of that. He said, yeah, why don't you just have him do it and not pay anybody? And him to work. Like, <laughs> you know what? It just, and I was like, and it, the first thought that went through my mind was, oh, that's probably going to be more trouble than it's worth because he's not going to want to do it. But you know what? So what? You make him do it. He'll do it. He's obedient. And that's one thing I did. I taught obedience to my children. They'll do it. But <laughs> I you was do. Like, and I and part of habit training, though, is teaching them from a young age to do it with a good attitude. I guess right. we should clarify that, that we don't want, you know, stomping kids, throwing tantrums uh, in, as they, you know, as you vent their elbow to do what you've asked them to do. <laughs> we are right, trying exactly. to joyful children who, uh, because, well, as Christians, if we're talking about, um, you know, even as adults, as Christians, we are supposed, part of habit training is showing children what it's like to obey God. Exactly. It's a, it's a picture of that. And so are we the stomping Christians that, you know, this is what the Bible tells us to do and, you know, why do we have to do this? You know, I'm only doing it so we get into heaven. Absolutely not. Part of of our love for the Lord is also obeying him and that's how we glorify God is through our obedience to him and it should be that way for our children and that's not a bad thing to to ask for and to teach is that our children obey, you know, with joy. So and even even in things that they don't but... want to do or just accept it. You know, it's funny because sometimes I think we as parents all of a sudden let little things go that could be good teaching lessons. And it's sometimes really good to have good friends because I was at a friend's house yesterday. And it's just what you were talking just reminded me of that because about something that she had said. And there, you know, she has a daughter the same age as mine and they're like the 11, the 12 years old, you know, and they're – just starting to think about wearing makeup and wearing certain things and stuff, and they're asking about it. And my husband, of course, is like, no, I don't think a 12-year-old is wearing makeup. And I'm like, I wasn't allowed to wear it at 12. No, I don't, you know. And if if you're out there and you let your kid wear makeup at 12, I don't care. (laughs) You're not a bad parent. (laughs) I don't care. I'm just saying that that, that's my husband. He was like, no. And believe me, my kid could have talked me into it because, I can be really easy to talk into things I find fun, and I do. I enjoy makeup. I find that kind of stuff fun. I'm like my youngest, where I can just play. So I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be fun. We can all go to Sephora, and <laughs> so you know. But 
But anyway, my daughter made the comment. She said, oh, oh, my dad won't let me wear it. I think that's just stupid. And and here I was, as I heard that, I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, that's not a very great thing to say. But I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I, in my mind, I'm correcting that, but not really like, okay, I don't want to get into it right now. You know, that wasn't right. really the proper thing to say, but I didn't want to get into it. You know, I was like, no, I'm not going to, you know, say it right now. We're in public, you know, not really in public. And my friend, and I've known her forever. I mean, I've known, she's known her her whole life, known her for over 10 years. And she said, well, um, you know, in the Bible, when we obey our parents and we obey our parents, the Lord. And so that means that God put your father in charge. So if you, if he gives you something to do that you're supposed to obey and you think it's stupid, well, then basically you're saying that the person that God put to in charge of you is making a stupid decision. So did God make the wrong decision? <laughs> and I was like, what was the look on your daughter's face? <laughs> she just looked like, oh, like I, and I thought, oh, you know what? That was, and she said it more eloquently than that. But I was like, I was so, but it was like, you know what? That's why God gives you good friends. Because, yes. and I was just so thankful that she was just felt comfortable enough and cared about my kids enough to say something like that. And we should do that for each other. Uh, but, and I thought, you know what, that's exactly what I should have done was use that opportunity to remind her, you know what, the attitude's not necessary because, you know, repeating that verse. Another thing about having those, the habit of the Lord's words coming to your mind. That's why we, that's why we memorize scripture, right? So when we get into a situation, his words come to our mind, not our own, not the world's, his words. And so that was a perfect time to remind a child about obedience. You know, you may not like it. But you know what? It's really not for you to say. It's not for you to make a comment, a negative comment either. It's for you to accept it and know that you're loved and know that that's just the way it is and you move on. You know, it's just not, it's not worth the attitude. And and so I missed that little opportunity. So I was thankful I had a friend there to pick up the slack for me. (laughs) But those are little things. She reminded me because had she not done that, I wouldn't have thought, you know, there are these little tiny things every now and then that we let go that we don't always mention. Like I said, being a parent is dying to self. And even if you don't feel like mentioning it, you, you know, if you're like, I don't want to deal with this right now. You know, I don't want to deal with it. I had to t- tell her this three times today. Well, you know what? If it takes three times, if it takes making them write the verse out, if it takes, what verse did I tell you this morning about that? You know, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. God gave you those children. He put them in your charge for only a short amount of time. And of loving him and glorifying him, is how you raise your children, in his, you know, in his word so they can glorify him later. So that that is just everything you said. I was just, oh, yes, I, re- I had a perfect example of how that all <laughs> goes together when you were talking about that. Well, this is such a, a an important subject, especially for this day and age in our, our culture. So um, very timely topic <laughs> it's it, it is for every it is. stage it has an end it's for adults as much as it is for kids so <laughs> it, it truly is and we do suggest you start as early as possible but it is not a lost cause if you don't don't worry it truly is not it may be harder it may be it may require you to be more consistent and patient and if depending on how old they are and your relationship with your kid you may even want to hold each other accountable for things. Now, you, like I said, depending on your relationship, if your child can still be respectful while holding you accountable. And 
that can be very helpful. I know that my, my son is very respectful, and if I were to have him hold me accountable to something, he wouldn't lose respect for me, nor would he treat it poorly. So whereas I think my younger girls would be like, oh, yeah, we get to tell mom to do something for once. You know, I don't know if they would be able to handle it as maturely. But if you don't start at such a young age, there are still solutions. But it, it will be a little bit more difficult because they're just not used to it. And you know what? It's not their fault. And it, it's not their fault that they're not habit trained. That, And I don't mean that as it's your fault. You're a terrible parent. I don't mean it that harshly. I just mean keep that in your head while you are training them. Keep Keep that in mind, like, how do you obey God? How are you with God? How are, what are the patience that you expect God to have with you? That's what you need to have. What's the long-suffering that you're going to expect? The mercy that we, the grace that we take from God. We need to extend that to our children because if we're just starting something new, like, oh, okay, I have a, you know, a 14-year-old that I have to start habit training because it's a new concept to me because they have some problems. He or she is not acting in a particular way. It's not too late. It is definitely not too late, but you will have to have have a different mindset about it so it doesn't end up being a fight because it's not personal. It's it, it's something that you're doing for their profit. So just a little encouragement for those who have older children who did not start out um, habit training and are thinking that that would be a, something they need to do, and it is an overwhelming task because we feel – ill-equipped because we don't feel like we're as habit-trained as we could be ourselves. But it might be a good, it might be good for us to try to try to develop a habit at the same time your children are. If you have to put up a chart with 21 days on it, I like that 21-day marker because it's it's a definite start and definite stop. And you know, not saying that you don't have to do it for another 21 days if you notice you need a little extra in there. But it's a nice thing that if you put on the refrigerator little 21 squares or your own calendar that you have and check off every day and both all of you doing it together. It doesn't have to be the same habit, but whatever habit it is, you know, if it's working out, if it's, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I don't know. There's so many different things that us as adults could be doing as habits. My habit could be, you know, making bed every day, putting my shoes away, or doing a load of laundry every day so I'm not a 10 loads behind. That probably would be a great habit for me to develop right there. <laughs> oh, and if you know, it's actually not what I said laundry, and I don't mean to keep you guys any longer. I was about to close, but, of course, you know, Rochelle has a big mouth, and she never stops talking. <laughs> but it did remind me of something. When I was, and this was many years ago, I discovered Fly Lady, which I know everybody's heard of. Well, I didn't think of it at the time, but when, after I've gone through the process, you've ever done Fly Lady at all. And if you haven't, uh, go to her site. I'm, I'm probably just flylady.com. But she has she a great podcast out. too. Oh yeah, awesome. She does her thing. It's like it's like a perfect habit training for adults in cleaning your house because I'm pathetic at it. And I remember her saying that she started with a clean sink. Remember that? That's her big thing. Starting with that clean sink. It was like, and she even I remember her saying or when I read it, that she said, don't try to do everything at once. Don't clean your house before, because that's, she, it's like she was talking just to me. Because when I, before I was going to start this, you know, this cleaning program, I was like, I got to clean my house first. I got to get an order first. I got to get everything down before I start this. And she specifically said, don't do that. Don't fall into that habit. Don't do more than I'm telling you to do. Just go in your kitchen and clean out that sink and make it shine. 
Right. That, that's all she wanted you to do. And I actually, despite myself, actually followed her to the T. And I could not believe it until I had my fourth child. I had a clean house every day. And <laughs> you need, you well, have I, to have those I, small I, baby steps. And it, it's good to have small victories because it encourages you to the larger principle behind it <laughs> and to stick with it. <laughs> yes. I'm thinking, so if you're an adult and you're thinking, I'm not habit trained, and I'd like to, because a lot of homeschool moms, they struggle keeping their house clean and, and because it's, you're busy. You're, you live in your house and you're busy in your house all day. You know, you're busy with kids and it's normal to have great school days and messy house, clean house and we didn't do school that much. I mean, that's normal. But if you want to, I mean, even if you just want to see the process, I would definitely recommend going to Flylit, even if you right. want to for some other habit. You can, yeah, you can apply it to lots of different habits, whether it be Bible study. Instead of thinking you have to come out the gate reading, you know, a whole book of the Bible and memorizing all these verses, just start small and read a verse a day and just write it out and tape it on your bathroom mirror and start there. Right. If it's about exercising, yeah. don't think you have to come in with a gym membership and, you know, 30 minutes to an hour a day workout. Start with 10 minutes. So it's, I think, it, and we need to extend that same grace to our children that let's say we're starting a new if you're if you're starting a new writing program and or you know let's take it to nature journaling we talked about nature journaling last week on the podcast you shouldn't expect them to have this beautifully laid out notebook immediately with perfect sketches <laughs> we need to start small and let them have small victories too and be able to encourage them in that because the point is to form a lifelong habit. And so whether it's for us or for them, it's about small steps in uh, forming the habit over, you know, the the long term, not just a, a short stint and everything be perfect all of a sudden. All right. Well, I hope that this is profitable for everyone out there that was listening. And um, go ahead and let us know how you're doing on your habit training journey with yourself, with your kids, how that's a, you know, how's that affecting your homeschool? Is the thing, are things going smoother? Have you discovered smooth and easy days? Or are you still trying to get there? Are you having any bumps in the road? Are you not sure? Do you need a little encouragement to get by, to make it through for yourself or to, to encourage yourself to follow through or to encourage yourself to follow through with your children? And so let us know. You can let us know. Um, on our Facebook page, facebook.com, Talking Mom to Mom, and talk to us there. You can email us at info at talkingmomtomom.com. You can visit us on our blog, talkingmomtomom.com. And just come on over. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know even if um, you'd like to ask us a question about something beyond habit training or parenting or homeschooling, anything like that, and we will be sure to address it. And if you have any suggestions for something you'd like to hear us talk about, and we would love to hear that. We want to hear from you because this is for you. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Talking Mom to Mom with Lindsay and Rochelle. Talking Mom to Mom is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.